0: Hi, you're listening to the Survival Brothers Podcast. We're two brothers trying to help each other prepare for an uncertain future. Thanks for joining us. Welcome
1: to the Survival Brothers Podcast. My name is Ethan, and with me, as always, is my older brother, Blair. How you doing, Blair?
0: I'm good, bro. How was uh, your 4th of July?
1: It was good. We got to shoot off some fireworks. What's the fireworks law in uh, Utah?
0: Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I know there's like certain cooler fireworks that you have to like go to this border of Wyoming to get. Okay. Um, but I've never, obviously I don't want to be doing anything illegal as a police officer, but I, I, I don't know all the laws and they're not really enforced to my knowledge.
1: Okay. Yeah. I know in Nevada where we grew up and then Idaho, there was no fireworks really of any kind. Um, Maybe in Idaho, like some sparklers and some little fountains, but I don't remember. Actually, I don't remember doing anything in Idaho, but I think I remember seeing firework stands, uh, but nothing, nothing you could shoot out into the air. And then when I lived in Oregon, it was just fountain, like, you know, things that would go maybe six, seven feet. Um, but here in Indiana, you can shoot off anything. Like you can shoot them up in the air. People can have their own firework shows. So they're, they're going off all over the place.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Same here. They're everywhere. And it's like Utah has got July 4th and then they've got July 24th, which is like a state holiday pioneer day where they celebrate like the pioneers coming and settling.
1: Oh yeah. That's true. That was was bigger in Idaho even than the 4th of July. (laughs) almost.
0: Yeah. So like the entire month of July is just nonstop fireworks pretty much. Like even though they're not supposed to do them like more than two days before July 4th or July 24th, it just the whole month is just constant fireworks.
1: I think if you're doing fireworks only when you're supposed to, you're kind of missing the point of fireworks.
0: I, I agree. I so. agree. My, my Liberty quote is going to be, uh, along those lines toward the end of the episode. So stay tuned. Yeah.
1: So this is uh, episode 34 and we are talking about, uh, off body carry and concealed carry bags.
0: That's right. Um have you ever carried your gun in like a bag or anything like that a fanny pack a sling bag
1: I have not uh actually before we get into it though uh we wanna let you guys know that we created a patreon so Blair, do you wanna tell them a little bit more about that
0: yeah um we have how what episode are we on now we're
1: episode thirty four episode thirty
0: four so there's thirty four episodes out there that you can listen to. Um, We've been pretty consistent putting one out almost every week. And um, it is, it is a lot of work and we'd really appreciate some support if, uh, if you can do it. Yeah. Um, We definitely
1: don't want to. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. We definitely don't want to push anybody or pressure you guys. Uh, by no means are we ever going to make this podcast, uh, behind a paywall or anything like that, but we appreciate the support and, you know, we've gotten, we've upgraded our, um, recording equipment. It was, you know, it wasn't super consistent for the first several, first 30 episodes probably. So, um, anyway, so anything that we get, uh, you know, we'd be putting back into the podcast and, uh, hoping to make it better for you guys.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know if, if you understand how Patreon works, it's like a a recurring charge every month, but it's right now I've got the the tier set at $3 a month. So if you work that out it's 75 cents an episode. If we do four episodes a month and um, I'm not going to talk too much about it, but it's patreon.com forward slash survival brothers podcast. And if you go on there, you will find um, articles as well that we've written uh, links, tips, maybe even some short fiction that I write on occasion. So you'll get those extra perks and, uh, support the podcast. So we'd appreciate that.
1: Yeah. And if you don't want like a recurring charge, you could, uh, send a private message to us on Twitter or Instagram. And, um, we could send you a link to our PayPal if you wanted to make like a one time donation when we would appreciate that too. But, uh, yeah, no pressure or anything like that. If, uh, you're not in a situation that's completely fine. Uh, if you're not in a situation to donate at this time, that's fine. And we hope you keep listening anyway.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so where were we with off body carry? So have you ever carried a gun in a fanny pack or a sling bag, anything like that?
1: I have not. Are there benefits, uh, that you think there are, uh, that outweigh carrying on your hip or in your waistband
0: or, You know, that's, so it's kind of a controversial topic. Um, There are some definite disadvantages and a few advantages. Um, Obviously you want to be consistent with how you carry your firearm and, and carry like ideally you would want to carry it in the same place all the time, like in your belt or on your belt. Um, But I've found it's just, it's really hard to be consistent, you know, and carry it the same place every day especially if you want to carry like a bigger gun. Right. Yeah. Um, So like, for example, if I'm kind of lounging around the house and I need to take my dog for a walk or just run out real quick somewhere, it's just kind of a pain in the butt to like put on pants that have a belt and um, make sure I have, you know, a cover garment that conceals everything. Well, Uh, you know, make sure I'm dressed correctly. So it's just there's there's times when it's kind of a pain, and throwing on like my fanny pack or a sling bag and just putting my firearm in there, um, it's just a lot a lot easier. So it's a convenience thing, really.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. My first thought was I couldn't think of any real benefits, you know, off the top of my head, because I'm just thinking, I guess, when you're out and about, uh, planned, you know, your everyday work or a job or school or whatever it is. Um, It seems like if you're going to be carrying concealed, you'd be, you'd want it on your body to have quicker access. Absolutely. Yeah. But that makes sense uh, to have one in a bag close to the door or, you know, where, you know, you can grab it before you go out somewhere quick.
0: Yeah. Also there's like, you know, when you're doing cardio, you're running or, or bicycling, something like that. It it can just be easier to carry it in in a bag instead of um, in a belt, if you're wearing workout clothes or something like that.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And you don't want to just be carrying it around the house all the time. I'm sure that's not comfortable and not necessarily needed.
0: Yeah, that's true. I think another another advantage I think I I mentioned, but just to go into it a little bit more, you can carry – a bigger gun in a bag than you would carry um, on your body because it's just harder to conceal. Oh yeah. So big, like I think I, I mentioned in our first-time gun owners episode that bigger guns are just easier to shoot. You know, they're easier to grab onto. They're, um, you're going to shoot them more accurately, and so that's that's just a, a small advantage. I don't know if it outweighs the disadvantages, but it's, it's nice to be able to carry a a more capable firearm, have more, more rounds in there and and everything.
1: Do you usually, so I know you said you want to be consistent, um, but if you're consistently doing both, I don't know if that's possible or if that makes sense, but if you're practicing both ways and um, I guess if you're very aware of your situation, do you usually, do you do both or do you usually keep it on your body or what's your usual go-to?
0: I try and be consistent. Um, at least for 2020, I've been trying to, to consistently carry, um, a semi-automatic nine millimeter firearm. Um, so I've been mainly carrying it on my belt, uh, in an outside the waistband holster. Um, so I've been trying to be consistent with that, but it's just realistically, it just, it just doesn't happen every time, you know, there's times when you get lazy or, or like I said, you're working out or something.
1: Yeah. And it's, um, it's, I think it can be beneficial both ways. It sounds like, uh, as long as you're, again, as you're, if you're aware of where you have it at the time, especially if you're. You know, you know, if you're out on a jog or on a walk, you know, it's in the bag.
0: Yeah, but we should we should talk about the disadvantages as well, because there are some serious disadvantages. Um, First one, obviously, obviously, I think is that it's slower. You've got to take the time to, you know, unzip your bag. If it's if it's like slung around on your back, you're gonna have to pull it around your front, obviously. Um, you have to open the bag, get into it. And it's, it's just never going to be as fast as just as uh, lifting up your shirt and and grabbing your gun. Yeah. Um, And you said
1: that, uh, I think a few episodes ago, you talked about holsters and you can almost have a, like a holster in your bag.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You need, you need something covering the trigger guard so that as you're, you know, rooting around in your bag, looking for your gun, you don't accidentally pull the trigger and, and shoot yourself.
1: Yeah. And of course you would want to keep it loaded and one in the chamber still in your bag, right?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And carrying it in a bag, it really requires you have even more situational awareness than usual, you know, because if you let someone get too close to you and they are, they get inside kind of like your personal bubble, it's going to be hard for you to get, get your gun out. It's going to be even harder. Basically, you've got someone right up on you um, at close quarter combat distances, maybe someone's trying to grapple with you or, or hit you in some way. Um, you're really at a disadvantage if you don't, um, have the gun on your body.
1: Yeah. That was my first thought when bringing up this topic, just be hard to get to an emergency if you're doing that all the time.
0: Right. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not something I, I recommend doing all the time. But um I think realistically we need to think about how we're gonna carry our gun uh when as many in in as many situations as possible because you don't want to just say, oh, I'm just gonna leave it behind, you know, today.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um another cool thing I forgot when I was talking about the the advantages is um travel. So if you're I don't know about you, but like when I'm driving a long way, it gets really uncomfortable to like have a gun in your belt. Um, also, if you're just kind of like going, you know, f- from your car to a hotel or, you know, going in and out of different places that you're not used to sometimes, it, sometimes it's just easier to have that bag on you. And, uh, you know, you don't have to, to to worry as much about like your clothing and how you're going to conceal your firearm. So yeah. I don't know, it's just, it's kind of convenient when you're traveling.
1: Yeah, for sure. I can see that.
0: And then I think probably the last advantage that I want to list is you can carry other survival survival items in the bag as well. So first aid gear tourniquet, um, stuff to help stop bleeding stuff for, um, all kinds of, all kinds of trauma. And that's, that's important because if you're going to get into, you know, self-defense defense shooting, you want to be able to render first aid to the person you shot if possible.
1: Yeah, that uh, might be a little controversial, but uh, definitely in some situations.
0: Well, I think it's definitely going to make you look better if, you know, you have to go to court and you you can say, yeah, I shot him because I had to stop him from killing me. But then I, you know, I, I went and tried to help him. And, uh, you know, it wasn't my intent to just kill this person.
1: Yeah. Did you see that video? There's a video of this, uh, lady who, well, these two people are in an argument. Um, it's two ladies and one of them pulls on it, pulls a gun on the other one. Did you see that video?
0: Yeah. She, it seems like she could have just left in her vehicle or something or, or walked yeah. away.
1: I, it looked like she, so as they were like driving away, it looks like she hit her vehicle. The other lady. Like, I don't know if she slapped it or something. I'm not sure what exactly happened. The view, the camera work was not great.
0: Yeah. It just, just goes to show if you're going to carry a gun, you need to, to have a, a cool head, keep your temper under control and, and just try and avoid situations like that.
1: Yeah. If there's, so if there's no threat to your life, so say that somebody was, say they had a rock and they threw it at your car as you're leaving. I mean, you should just leave and call the police maybe, or what, I mean, what do you do in that situation? If you have a a gun, I mean, pulling the gun isn't, I mean, if you're leaving anyway, am I off on this or what do you think?
0: No, I agree with you. I think I would just leave unless, I mean, especially if you feel like the situation's going to escalate, it's not worth it to stay there. There's no, I don't know. No real reason you need to stay there.
1: Yeah, I mean, if your life's in danger, obviously, that's different. But if they're, it didn't seem to me like anyone's life or or major property was in danger. But anyway, kind of an interesting situation.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, um, I mentioned you can carry medical gear in your off body bag, you could also carry other survival items that you might not otherwise have on you. Um, so I'm going to post a picture on Instagram of kind of what I carry in my bag. Um, when I'm out walking the dog or just out, I, sometimes I carry the, the off, off body bag or sling bag, um, without a gun in it. And I just have my gun on my hip, but then I carry the bag separately just because it has all this other stuff that I might need.
1: Yeah, and that would take a lot of awareness if you still have your bag and your gun on your hip. If there's an emergency, make sure you're going to the right place.
0: Definitely. Yeah. If you're if you're gonna do this on any regular basis, you also need to to practice with it and train with it. So as you do your hopefully you're doing your weekly dry fire, um, incorporate the the sling bag or the fanny pack into that as well. Oh, we should say purses too. A lot of a lot of women carry in a purse but definitely incorporate that into your dry fire practice and do it over and over again just as you would you know drawing from a belt
1: yeah absolutely
0: um we talked a little bit about safety considerations having the the trigger cover most bags that are built specifically for concealed carry they're going to have a velcro field on the inside like a soft side velcro So you can attach a trigger guard or a holster that has the hook side Velcro and it's just, it stays firmly in the same place. And that's what you want. You don't want to be digging around in the bag for your gun. You want it to be in the same place every time. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So um, there's some other safety considerations you'll want to think about as you practice and train think about where you're pointing that gun, you know, as you pull it out of the bag, are you flagging, you know, a bunch of people, are you, um, flagging yourself or you, are you pointing the gun at your arm or your hand? Um, and practice that so you can do it without, you know, um, pointing the gun anywhere you don't want to be pointing it.
1: Yeah. Like you've talked about, if you just imagine there's a, uh, like a laser pointer, Attached to the gun anywhere that that laser pointer touches you're responsible for.
0: Right. So while the guns in the bag, hopefully it's, it's oriented so that when you reach in to grab it, it's pointed down. And then as you pull it out and bring your hands together, you you haven't flagged yourself or flagged anyone else. And then the last safety consideration that I have written down is be aware of like the zippers and aware of how other people might, you know, recognize you have something in that bag that they want. So if you're standing in line somewhere or you're a crowd on a crowded train, anything like that, um, be aware, like if, if this is on my back, can someone just reach over and and zip it open and grab something or grab my gun? Um, you have to really be aware of it. Maybe pull it around to the front. If there's, if there, if you're in a, a place where there's lots of people around because um, most people, I don't think you're going to recognize that, that you have a gun in there, but some people will. And then of course you'll have just like pickpockets, like people who just want to steal something out of your bag. Yeah. So that's you, a good point. You have, to keep, um, you have to keep accountability of that bag at all times.
1: Yeah. That's not something I would have thought of, um, but yeah, in crowded areas for sure.
0: Uh, let's talk about a couple of different like brands um, that I have experience with or that I've seen. Um, the, I'm going to post a picture of mine on Instagram tomorrow and it's, uh, it's made by Kelty. It's called the Kelty sling bag. And I think it's, a I think it's about $40, $50 and they make a right-handed version and a left-hand version. Hmm. So it's pretty good. It's got enough room for your, for your gun. And then it's got enough room for, a few other things as well. Um, there's another one I like. It's made by Viktos, uh, V-I-K-T-O-S, and it's a very similar design, but it's ambidextrous, so you can put it on either shoulder. Um, those two are sling bags, so you're you're carrying it kind of over one shoulder and it's kind of on your back, but you can easily just pull it around to the front. Now, as far as fanny packs one i've used is by hill people gear it's called the hill people gear waste pack i think and it's a little bit smaller so it's going to be harder to carry a larger gun in there but you can carry something like a you know a smith and wesson shield or a glock 43 in there without too much trouble okay and then there's a company called vertex v-e-r-t-x and they make like several bags and I don't have personal experience with them, but I've heard good things. So I would check those out.
1: Yeah, that's good to, uh, some good to know brands for sure.
0: Um, so just to kind of, uh, recap, um, off-body carry is not necessarily ideal, It's not something we necessarily recommend, but there are times when, at least for me, I'm not going to be consistent in how I carry my gun. And I just, I want the convenience of it. So it's, it's something I've, I've kind of incorporated into my lifestyle and it works for me so far.
1: Yeah. It's good to consider and make sure you're aware of your situation and um, if it makes sense to you, hopefully we've, giving you some perspective on, uh, you know, pros and cons.
0: Yeah. Um, If you do do it, it's just like anything else. You got to practice with it. You got to make sure you're, you're competent and safe with it. So,
1: yeah. Uh, Before we get into, was there anything else on um, the off body carry that you wanted to talk about?
0: I think we pretty much covered it unless you have, anything else or any other questions?
1: No, I think it's, uh I think you did a good job covering everything. Um, I just wanted, before we get into like our prepper item of the week and our Liberty, Liberty quote, um, I just wanted to ask, we, we didn't talk about the St. Louis couple situation last week much. Did
0: we, I don't think we mentioned it at all.
1: Okay. And it might've been after we recorded the podcast before we knew, or it was right around that time, I think. But, um, yeah I just wanted to see if you had a perspective on um, the best way to defend your home I guess in a if there's a higher amount of you know several people so if anyone hasn't heard or didn't see uh there was kind of some protests going on uh it kind of looked like these some protesters went into these people's property uh they were on a private road, I guess, and this Uh, The property owners came out. Uh, The husband had a uh, rifle and the wife had like a little pistol it looked like. And they just came out kind of on their doorstep or on their driveway. And they're pointing it out at all the protesters. They're pointing it at each other at times, uh, unfortunately. And then uh, just as as they were walking by, they kind of accidentally pointed it at each other a few times. But it just seems like... There could be a better way.
0: Yeah, um, tactically, I wouldn't have done it that way. Um, I mean, I think they their thinking was, you know, they want to keep people away from the house because looters and, and rioters have been known to break windows and you know throw Molotov cocktails, uh, start fires and stuff like that. But they they kind of expose themselves to um, fire. Like if if someone in the crowd had had a firearm, you know they were pretty exposed. Yeah. And their weapons handling was not the greatest. So I don't, I don't want to critique it too much because, I mean, they were within their rights. I think. I mean, depending on the the video doesn't. I haven't seen the whole video. I've seen like little snippets of it. Um, but I think the guy said people were like making threats and stuff like that. So if that's true. I think they were within their rights to be, to have their guns out.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I thought, you know, I think it's good that they were showing, well, it's, I think it's good that they were defending their property for sure. And I don't think there's any legal, there shouldn't be any legal issues with what happened. It just, I'm just not sure what I would do in that situation. Part of me is thinking you're they're almost again, and I don't know the whole situation, but if they're out there, with guns that kind of would set them up in the future for um you know rocks thrown through their windows or uh you know other vandalism retaliation, they,
0: retaliation.
1: yeah, um, and you know if they're out there on their driveway and there's you know fifty people in the protest, if they tick those fifty people off enough or you know did anything wrong, you know fifty people swarming two people with guns you know, 50 unarmed people would still, I think, win in that situation.
0: Yeah, possibly. And you don't, you don't know that they don't have guns either. I mean, there's the, the guy, I don't know if you saw this in Provo, Utah, a protester shot into a vehicle.
1: I heard about that, but I haven't seen any, I don't know if there's a video or anything, but I,
0: yeah. yeah. But just to kind of sum up the St. Louis couple, um, if, if it was me, I'd, I probably would have stayed in the house, but you don't, you don't know. You, maybe you don't, if you can't see them, you want to keep them, you want to make them keep their distance, but I wouldn't want to expose myself like that. I would try and make, get behind some type of cover. Maybe. Um, I don't know what they could use as cover. Vehicles don't provide really good cover, um, but it'd be better than nothing, you know, standing behind a vehicle.
1: Do you think if they were – because the house had a few stories. I know I saw some people saying they should have been up in their their top floor um, just having the high ground. I don't know if that's actually something that would make sense.
0: Yeah, but, I like that, actually. I like that if, if they could – I mean, they could give directions to the crowd from from up there in the window and tell them to move on like they were, but also have some cover and also have like the higher ground. That's That's a really good – Good point I hadn't heard that
1: yeah, it seems like a little more of a defensive position where they're not maybe as intimidating from up there it'd be more of like a uh, we're only gonna defend our property and I don't I mean I don't know for sure but even if people decided to to storm their house if they're in a room with a doorway it'd be easier to defend from a larger group of people everyone funneling through the door if they get to that point you know and again this is all obviously it wasn't a violent, it didn't seem like it was a violent protest at the time. So
0: uh, well, from what I heard, they were making threats um, yeah. and they were, I mean, it's possible they could have gotten violent. All it takes is you know, a couple people in a mob and sometimes yeah. the behavior of the whole crowd can change, but just to, I, I don't know every single detail. Um, I haven't watched every bit of the video, but I would just say that I wouldn't want to be out in the open. I would want to be in a, a position with some cover that'll stop bullets. And, uh, I guess that's my, my main thing.
1: Yeah. Makes sense
0: to me. Yeah. There's, there's a legal aspect. The, the guy was just kind of holding it in a horizontal position. I don't think he was pointing it directly at people intentionally, but the woman definitely was, she was like pointing the gun at people and it's, she could possibly be, prosecuted for you know brand brandishing or you know assault because pointing your gun is assault but it's also kind of he said he said she said thing because she can say oh well someone was threatening me so i took um the action to to keep them away
1: yeah i think it would be
0: i doubt uh, it would be prosecuted
1: yeah i think it'd be it would be dumb if they were personally even if there's a law saying i don't think there should be a law saying you can't be on your property pointing guns at like protesters, especially in this situation where, you know, you see on the news every day that protests become violent and, you know, they're burning down buildings and all kinds of stuff. So.
0: Yeah. And that was one of the first ones that I've seen that was in a residential area. Like normally they're in like downtown by the police station or by the courthouse. And I could see how they would be scared thinking, okay, now they're coming into the, the residential areas. They're planning on, on rioting or whatever.
1: Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, I think the mayor's house was around there somewhere. And I think that's why they were there, but either way they should, they should be able to brandish their weapons to show that they are ready to defend their property if needed. And that would be, that would be no crime until they did something wrong.
0: Right. Right. And brandish, I wouldn't use the word brandish because it has a specific meaning just holding a weapon is not brandishing it. Okay. Holding a weapon on your property is not brandishing. Um, brandishing is, I mean, it's, I'm not going to go into it, but it's a specific legal thing.
1: Okay. So, Well, just some, uh, strategic advice. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So what is the, uh, our prepper product of the week this week, Blair?
0: So we did light kind of like home lighting last time. Um, now I'm gonna I'm gonna go with something for pocket lighting just to keep on you. It's okay. uh made by Streamlight. It's a flashlight called the 1L-1AA. And the cool thing is you can use either a lithium one two three battery or uh a regular double A battery, either one. And you're gonna get more power with the lithium battery, but you know the double A batteries are more common, so it's it's nice that it it has that flexibility and it uh It's a really small flashlight. Uh, It doesn't take up a lot of space. It's pretty powerful and uh, highly recommended.
1: Yeah, good EDC light.
0: Most definitely. And uh, let's leave everybody with a Liberty quote as promised. This is from John Adams. Um, Back when they wrote the the Declaration of Independence, they actually, I think, signed it on on July 2nd, and then they sent it on the 4th or something like that. I don't have my, my history perfect, but... John Adams says the second day of July, 1776 will be the most memorable epoch in the history of America. I am apt to believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival. It ought to be commemorated as the day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to God almighty. It ought to be solemnized with pomp and parade with shows, games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires and illuminations from one end of this continent to the other from this time forward forever more. So we've, uh, I think we've done a pretty good job of, um, the following uh, Adams's, uh, advice and, or he was prophetic, I guess.
1: Yeah. He knew. Do you know when he said that? Is there a date for the quote?
0: Uh, no, I don't, I don't have it, but it, says from 1776
1: nice yeah so if he said that before the actual you know revolutionary war and uh you know the fight for the official independence then is pretty confident of him
0: for sure yeah well Well, cool it's good talking to you as always ethan
1: Yeah. And you can uh, find us on Twitter or Instagram at serve bros pod S U R V B R O S P O D. And uh, send us a message there. If you have any questions uh, for us to answer on the podcast and uh, we appreciate you listening.
0: Yeah. If you head over to Patreon, just to remind you, there's a, there's an article on there now that uh, just like one of the benefits of becoming a patron. And uh, so we'd appreciate that too.
1: All right. Thanks, everybody.
0: Thanks. Take nothing for granted.